0: Today we're continuing our root series and we're talking about this idea of what it means to be made in the image of God. And we're talking about how our identity in Christ defines us. Real quickly before we dive into the content of the show, I want to just remind you about a special partnership that we have with Compassionate International. We've partnered with them so that the tithe of the show is is going to Compassion. But beyond that, we are also making it a goal to get 15 children sponsored every month to help them understand that they are known and made in the image of God. And so what Compassion does all over the world is they help rise children out of poverty in Jesus' name. That's done with holistic care. So it's things like education and food and nutrition and purpose. They do that with the life-saving message of the gospel. So I would ask, if you haven't already, if you would go to Compassion.com forward slash Hearing Jesus to learn more about how you can partner with the show and partner with Compassion International to make a difference in the life of a child. Today, we are going over a topic that I'm calling no rival, no equal. My husband works at a busy doctor's office, and he often tells his patients, they're mostly all older, he tells his patients, about me when they ask, they always ask him if he's married. And he replies that, you know, we happily celebrated our 12th anniversary this year. But he also tells them that I am Italian and Irish. So divorce is not on the table. Murder, however, might be. And while that's a little tongue in cheek, he, of course, is referencing my feisty heritage where it's kind of genetic that I'm a fighter and don't give up and I'm fiercely loyal but I'm going to tell you what I think. And so, although he's joking, he, he is speaking to an important part of my identity. I was raised by first-generation immigrants, my grandparents, and I often refer to my Italian heritage, especially. And many times, even in my own family, I will speak some Italian words as I parent my children and mixing some of the culture in with how I parent. I'm sure it's probably like this with other nationalities, but Italians seem to have this sense of pride, at least in our family we did, much more so than the Irish side of my family did. And even though I have blonde hair and I burn easily and my maiden name reflects the sheep herding side of my family, it was this Italian side that I identified with the most. And probably because I was raised by my Italian family, but this pride of just being part of that culture and that heritage something that I grew up with. And so for Mother's Day, my husband bought me an Ancestry.com package to be able to explore the specifics of hopefully maybe where, pinpoint where, what village we were from, those kinds of things. And so I was anxious to read about the parts of the European side of my family where we were from. And I knew the village that my papa was from in Italy, but The Irish side was a little bit more unclear, and I wanted to do this just for my own sake of understanding my heritage. I got the results back, and so as I'm starting to read over the genetic results, I was all alone, and I really realized quickly that I was unprepared for what I was reading. There was a couple surprises. The big surprise wasn't from the Irish side, though. Although I did find out that I am Scottish, not Irish— They're only 12 miles apart, I think. And so there was a lot of Scottish people that lived in Ireland and vice versa. And that's not tragically different in the sense that our family does not brag about being Irish for whatever reason. And I appreciate the Irish or Scottish, I guess, side of my family. But that's just not the mentality that that side of the family had, not like it was with my Italian side. So as I'm looking through the Italian side, I'm realizing that there really is a lack of Italian. There was only 1% Italian blood running through my veins. And I don't know how this could be possible. I literally had a pot of homemade pasta sauce simmering on the stove at the time, and garlic bread ready to make for the dinner and all that kind of stuff. And so I realized through these results of my DNA testing that my Italian side of the family was a bunch of wanderers. And even though they came from Italy and they lived, a couple generations lived in Italy, they were Croatian and Russian and Greek. Several generations lived in the southern part of Italy before coming to America. Yet there's very little Italian blood coursing through my veins. And so as silly as that may sound, that concept started to really rock my identity. I had grown up. Just enmeshed in this Italian culture. And there was a little Italian bakery right by our house where we would go literally every day for fresh Italian bread. Papa would not eat bread that was more than six or eight hours old. Every single day we went to buy fresh Italian bread. And my husband and I even went to Rome for our 10th anniversary to just spend some time learning the culture. And we learned about all the gestures because of the Colosseum that were passed down because you can't hear inside the Colosseum. And that's why Italians speak with their hands and why Papa spoke with his hands. And and some of the songs that he, I grew up singing and knew in Italian, I would hear even in the stores or people on the street singing. The the hot-tempered side of my grandfather, this just this passion I would see was just in these people. And the food, my goodness, the long, drawn-out meals that last for hours around the table with your family and only using the freshest ingredients that you bought that day. All of those things came such a reality to me as I saw them in Rome, and I, I just had such a better picture of why I was raised the way I was raised. There's an Italian deli in our town that was the only place in town to get the special Italian sausages that we had for our Sunday meals. And we started making pizzelles in the beginning of December in order to pass out to our friends that were waiting for them at Christmas time. And yet here it was in black and white. The majority of my heritage was not actually Italian. I turned off the pasta sauce that was simmering on the stove and I went to the bathroom to cry. Geez, you guys are thinking I'm a crier. I really am not that much of a crier, except that seems to be what I keep telling you about on these podcasts. You'll have to get to know in real life because I'm really not that emotional. Anyway, I, I went to the bathroom to cry. And because I had so much of my identity wrapped up in being Italian, that I didn't know what it meant to not be Italian. And, and maybe this is something you can easily relate to. Maybe maybe it isn't. Maybe you haven't done your Ancestry.com stuff. Not sponsored, by the way. I'm just telling you. You could do any of them. There's, I think, like a bunch of them now. This There was a 50% off sale for Mother's Day. That's why we did that one. But I bet there have been times in your life where you have felt insignificant or times where your worth was maybe wrapped up in something external. For me, I find myself in that place often there are times that I feel like I just don't measure up. And the enemy uses those moments to whisper, give up. And this was the place that I was in. This is the posture of my heart when I did what I only knew to do. I began to worship. I was afraid. And of course I was home alone, but I was afraid to even say out loud what I was feeling because I was ashamed that I was even feeling it, but yet I couldn't keep myself from feeling it. And instead of starting to verbalize and articulate the things that I was struggling with, I just started to worship. It was the only thing I knew to do. And I started to offer my hurting heart to the one that made it. And as I started to sing along to a very familiar song, you probably all know it, there was a phrase that caught my heart. And it was the line, you have no rival, no equal. And I felt the Holy Spirit start to press these words into my heart. And I've repeated them back. Yes, Lord, you have no rival, no equal. And as I did, I was met with this familiar voice of the father. And he says, you misunderstood, beloved. You have no rival, no equal. And immediately, my eyes burned with th- those hot tears as they overflowed. And in a moment, the Lord had spoken to the very hurting parts of my heart. And he brought to mind several places in the word that explain what he meant. And I get the sense that he wants you to know this too. That's why I'm sharing this with you. You are made in God's image. In Genesis 127, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Even now, as I walked past my daughter's room before I was coming to record this podcast, my daughter was there sitting on her bed, reading a book and twirling her hair. And it's something that I do often. In fact, all my daughters do it. And my daughters look like me. Blonde hair, blue eyes. That happens to a lot of us. Your children look like you. Children look like their parents because they have their parents' blood running through their veins. They have their DNA. And the Lord reminded me that as his daughter, I'm made in his image. Nahum 1-2 says, the Lord God tolerates no rivals. I know this. I know that God has no rivals, but I never considered the fact that because he had no rivals, it also meant I had no rivals if I was made in his image. Neither do you. I often teach on this verse from Ephesians 2, 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. My kids, when they were little, had baby dolls. Oh, so many baby dolls. Don't tell them, but I've thrown some of them out but so many baby dolls. And we were, I mean, I was a single mom at the time. I was very poor. And I went to the discount store that was in our town at the time. And I bought my daughter this ghetto fabulous baby doll that just had misprinted eyebrows painted on and just, and she used to call it naked baby and she would carry it around and actually she still has it. She doesn't sleep with it or anything, but she still has it. She can't bring herself to throw it away. That was her favorite baby, naked baby, went everywhere with us, naked baby. And then as they got a little bit older, they got the American Girl dolls. You can even special order the kind that looks just like you. So we got the blonde hair, blue eyed one that looked just like my daughter. I remember looking at it, looking at the difference between the workmanship. Naked baby was loved, of course, and dragged around everywhere. It went even in the bathtub. Don't worry, I bleached it, but. The American Girl doll was so much better quality and so much more detail and time spent on it. I think about that, the difference between something that's just slapped together versus something that is created by workmanship. And the scripture talks about this. We are his workmanship, that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are his workmanship. There is no one equal to you. And he created you uniquely and on purpose and for a purpose. As I pondered how these words were really speaking to my aching heart, I realized that these words are not just for me. They're for you too. You're not what you think you are, defeated or discouraged or discarded or insignificant. The reality is is you are made in God's image because he is the one who gave you life. That's your genetic makeup. If he has no rival and no equal, then you have no rival and no equal. In a world where we compare and we feel like we don't measure up, we can walk in confidence knowing that you were created by the very nature of who your creator is as precious in his sight. Friend, you have no rival and no equal. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for my friends that are listening today. Thank you that we are created in your image and that because of you, we have no rival and no equal. And God, thank you that you have created us on purpose for a purpose to Build the kingdom in a way that you can use us within our circle of influence to bring you glory, to help others to know how to come to you and have a relationship with you. God, I pray for my friends right now that they would understand their genetic makeup because of who you are as their father. Lord, I thank you that we can be called sons and daughters of God. I pray this week for my friends that they would know this as a reality in their lives. They would see it. They would see and feel your tangible presence, God, as you draw them closer to you. I thank you for the opportunity to speak in their lives, and I pray for them this week. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.